The Florida Gators got a commit this weekend and two of their targets. It, it's coming down to the wire for them. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being Locked On Gators, your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole 9 Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Don't forget to download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. But joining me now is going to be Brian Smith. Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions do apply. And Brian, we're going to talk about a couple of 2024 kids. But before we do that, the Florida Gators did get a commit on Saturday night, which was awesome. Uh, the Florida Gators got their first 2025, well, second 2025 commit, but the other one reclassified and flipped to Ole Miss, and it was a really fun thing. Um, but Florida got their first 2025 commit late Saturday night after sending Tennessee to the shadow realm. What did they get in Waltez Clark for the 2025 cycle? A really good athlete. Great kid. Uh, played some defensive end, outside linebacker at one point. He's a power downhill guy as a runner. But the athleticism is the first thing you notice. Uh, he's, he's at Tampa Plant. It's a program that's had a lot of tradition over the years, and he's going against good competition. I think he fits what Napier and their entire staff really want to do. And as you saw Florida continuously just run over the Vols on Saturday night, he fits that. Running downhill between the tackles, GT, uh, power, gap, anything of that nature that you want to call it, he fits right in. So Florida keeps a local kid home who had a bunch of offers. He's from Tampa. That's an area that UF has consistently done very well in for decades. Everything's on par. This is kind of how it normally goes when Florida recruits that area well. Yeah, um, I, I was going to ask, how do you think it really, the performance just Saturday really played into this? As a running back, you watch Trevor Etienne just, dominate on the ground and the rushing lanes were there all game, but also seeing Florida get kind of creative because one of Billy Napier's biggest knocks um, since he got to Gainesville really has been his lack of creativity as an offensive play caller. But you look at the Tennessee game and they had a ton of just jet motion action, whether or not they actually did the sweep or not. And so they had a ton of jet action the GTGH counters that they've been running, like they had a ton of pre-snap motion that helped shift the Tennessee defense and then attack the rushing lane there. So how does that really play into like, if you're a running back and and you're and you're being recruited by Florida, how does it really play into it? Like, oh, like they're they're creating rushing lanes here, both with their offensive linemen and just scheme, just creating weaknesses. I think that it helps. I mean, he can see himself in the offense. How could he not? Again, Waltez is a downhill runner, 
and he's got some speed to him as well, but he's a power back. I think he will fit in well in Gainesville. And obviously the scheme is not a whole heck of a lot different than what you would want for a big running back. He's going to be a kid that weighs 215 in college, no problem. And I do believe that he's also a young man that will be versatile enough to catch the ball and all that too. But it's about the downhill stuff. Florida ran over Tennessee. They get their just rewards with the commitment from Waltez Clark. Yeah, with the kind of player that Waltez Clark is, and like you mentioned, like he, he played defensive end or outside line, edge basically uh, with Plant previously. And at least on 24-7, his secondary recruiter is listed as Sean Spencer. Do you think this is one of those recruitments where Florida was like, hey, like we'll take you in as a running back. Worst case scenario, if things don't work out, we'll flip you to edge because, I mean, they've done that quite a bit with they had Dante Sanders, who is a defense, tight end, defensive lineman, tight end. He, he's flipped through. You've had Andrew Savai and I played edge, moved to tight end. You had Jamarcus Weston, wide receiver, moved to safety, moved to inside linebacker. So Florida's kind of shown the willingness, at least, to be like, hey, if you're not working out at one position, we'll throw you in at another. Do you think that maybe with Waltez Clark and Sean Spencer being listed as his secondary recruiter that this is one of those scenarios where they go, hey, if it doesn't work at running back, we, like we still want you. We'll try you somewhere else. I don't know how much they communicated that part, but I mean – they got to know it. That's part of recruiting. You don't take many kids that play one spot. Uh, an exception might be a zero technique or a, or a pure quarterback. But if you can't play multiple spots, teams like Florida tend not to recruit you. There are very few exceptions. So he could play a lot of spots. I think he could be a hybrid safety. I think he could be a kid that ends up being a receiver or whatever. He could do a lot of different things. But downhill running back, I know he can do that. And do you think that obviously this is – so early in the 2025 cycle, um, at least from the media point of view, I know they've been hammering this and recruiting wise, but do you think this is that Waltus Clark is the kind of running back where you go, okay, like we have our lead back for the cycle, or would you think of him more as like, we're going to need to find a lead, but you could be the complimentary style. I think he could be either. It just depends on what you're trying to do. Um, they might get a shiftier back. That's, I mean, it's not like Florida's ever had a hard time finding those kind of players in this state. I mean, that's it's harder to find the big back that can still catch. And the, those guys are, are getting rarer and rarer. I do believe that he's a kid that could do that. But they, if they take a second back, and obviously Billy likes to run the football first and foremost, you might see them take a 5'10", 185 guy that's really shifty. I guarantee you they will not have a, par, a problem doing that. Like the kid they got in the 24 class fits that. It's a little bit bigger than that, but he can do anything. I love that kid. So anything in that role would be a great compliment piece to Clark. Yeah. Uh, by the way, great, great job by by both of us for loving Kanan Daniels because that kid has he's been great. going off since the start of the season. So he's he's been just dominant. I love it. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Whether you win or lose, $200. And I'm going to tell you this. I think I have found an infinite money glitch on FanDuel. Rams 49ers played on Sunday. Um, I just, every, every time the 49ers had the ball, I went to FanDuel. 
I went to Los Angeles Rams player to catch a pass next drive. I bet Puka Nakua and I bet Tutu Adwell. And that just, it just kept happening because there were like every play we want to throw to one of these two players. So it was awesome. Um, I'm going to try it again next week and the week after that until they're both minus money. But until then, wee! I'm going to keep doing that because make money that way. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Moving to the 2024 class as we are kind of trying to wrap up that cycle for the Florida Gators. There's two big time targets that we, we do have at least the latest on, and we're going to start with LJ McCray. What is the latest on the very highly touted defensive lineman, LJ McCray? I spoke to him Friday night and after their game against Reigns, he openly admitted in a very unique story that in the middle of the night, one night, he kind of woke up and realized, you know what? I need to figure this out. He's down to Florida, Florida state, Miami, Auburn, and Georgia. He's got a visit coming up to Florida State. That's his last official. He wants to make a decision, if he can, the back half of October. He's going to try to get back to all these different schools, and he was at Florida for the Tennessee game, et cetera. He's having a hard time, and he told me that flat out that even his parents said, we don't think any of these places are bad options. So I'm like, okay, and it's it's just the thing I always talk about. It's going to be relationships, but you can only pick one. He legitimately likes all five. That's a problem. So <laughs> signing day is December 20th. I wouldn't be surprised if it stretched till then. But Florida's right in the middle of it. He, he told me that he had lost track of how many times he's been to Florida. So obviously the Gators have a chance. Great kid. Uh, humongous, 6'5", 275. They had him playing stand-up outside linebacker, which is bizarre. I mean, he's literally about 275. He's humongous. He'll end up putting his hand in the dirt permanently at some point. But he's, he's a very special athlete. He's only played defensive line for about a year as a primary. He was a tight end, until the, which is bizarre. So he's very raw. But at the same time, his upside is completely through the roof. Florida was there. Miami was there. There were other coaching staffs there. He's, he's being recruited very hard. And for Florida, at least some of their 2023 class along the defensive front, they got by preaching playing time as a huge selling point, obviously. They're getting at least some of their 2024 front by preaching playing time. And how, how does that go into recruiting as like a, a waterfall effect, I guess? Like there's only so many defensive linemen that you can go, we're going to get you significant playing time as a selling point before it's like, hey, they're buried behind true sophomores and true juniors. A kid like this is not going to care. That's the thing. Every kid's a little different. He's not going to worry about it. When he walked out on the field, like usually you want a roster and all that. I didn't need a roster for me. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. He, he'll be just fine. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like there's been just great reports about LJ McCray, specifically like the start to his season has been dominant. I know that he, he climbed, he climbed up uh, on threes ranking, which means he's not coming to Florida. Um, so <laughs> that's just how things work. So thanks for that one. At least I can put my hopes down a little bit. Um, but he, he climbed up on three's rankings. He's been off to a hot start so far. Has anything on your end changed from his evaluation as far as maybe projecting him long-term to, to a different spot? Or has have you kind of been like, oh, maybe he can stand up a little bit based on what you've seen so far? 
He, if he's 275 now, what's he going to be at 20? 295? He's going to play edge a little bit, but I think he's a three-tech. I know that Miami and several other schools think he can be a three-tech and be a dominant player long-term. But, like, he went up against Solomon Thomas on Friday night. He's a five-star kid out of Reigns in Jacksonville. And he's played O-line forever, and he's incredibly strong. He swelt at 310. Nice problem to have. Um, he didn't get a lot of direct pass rush on him, but he beat him a few times, and he, he had a lot of effort and athleticism. You can see the tools. He's just not as developed because he hasn't played the spot as long. You're talking about McCray being there for one year, and Thomas, I'm quite sure, has played O-line pretty much his whole life because he's humongous. So <laughs> uh, now he, when he walks by you, you don't need a roster for him either. That one was pretty obvious. But at the same time, this is, this is a good matchup. That's why I went to that game. Seeing McCray go against some kid at weighs 230, I'm not wasting my time. Okay, he's going to just maul that poor young man, and some mother in the stands is going to be crying. But at the same time, he had to go and work for it. He got beat some reps. He got beat some or won some reps. That's what I came to see. I just need to see him long-term, how big he's going to get. His body's really developed a little later, and he's got the length and all that. If he figures it out, technically, this is a first-round draft pick. But, I mean, the upside's there, but it's just I don't think he's an impact guy because he's learning the spot. So I, I think it'll end up at three-tech long-term. And, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, which – you know, we like to do that sometimes. Fantastic. I know that you, you've said it, it's damn near impossible to do right now because LJ McCray doesn't know the answer to this question. I have if no idea had, where it's going. Yeah, if, it. if you had to guess <laughs> just where Florida winds up on that. Oh, wow. You said, or do they wind up top or are they? They're in the up? top three, in my opinion, just because he's been there so many times. I just like he legitimately doesn't know where he's going. He's kind of mad at himself. It was weird because most kids. They kind of give you hints and this and that. He's like, man, I have no idea. And I'm like, oh, wow. Dude, you realize it's September, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's getting kind of close. And he's not narrowed it to like two or anything. It's five. That's hard. So his recruitment is arguably the most difficult to project in the entire country. And and I think this goes without saying, but we're going we're gonna to say it anyway. If he does end up committing in late October, you think this is still one where it's like, National Signing Day could go anywhere. And I know it's every every part of it kind of shapes up to yes. Um, but just do you think this is one that goes to National Signing Day? Or is it like, hey, he's made his decision. He's going to shut it down. Or is he going to constantly be on flip watch due to his indecisiveness just at this point in the game? Well, I don't know how indecisive he'll be after he commits, but he's a very nice and open kid. Those kind of guys generally suck at turning off their phone. And it's not like uh, Mario Cristobal or Napier or anybody else would stop recruiting him if he committed somewhere. You know what I mean? So that's signing day. Good recruiting staffs continue to recruit players. And one player who has been just constantly recruited by um, everyone and their mother, Zay Mincy. In less than a week, the Florida Gators host Charlotte, which going to be a fun one if you're looking for tickets this late in the game to see the florida gators in their first game as a ranked team this season game time it's the place for last minute ticket deals the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference i used it 
just a few, I mean, at this point, about a month ago to w- go watch Cody Senga pitch against the Atlanta Braves. And it was beautiful to watch my Mets win that game. I loved it. Snack tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account. Use code locked on college with no spaces for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. That's code locked on college for $20 off with game time. So download the game time app today. Last minute ticket, lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, and a defensive back, Zay Mency, has been recruited everywhere. What's the latest on his recruitment? He shocked me on Friday because I was just getting some baseline questions in and I asked him, well, what's your timeline for a decision? And I open-endedly had no freaking idea. And he said, oh, I might commit this week. And I said, excuse me? And he said, I might commit this week. And I'm like, okay. But he said he also still might take a visit to Alabama and or other schools. And I'm like, okay. So uh, before you ask, he's his recruitment is going to be kind of unusual because he also added this. This is very frustrating, but it's par for the course. He's going to announce his decision at like the all-star game in Texas or whatever. So he'll be committed to school X, whatever that is, not tell anybody and then make an announcement in January. So welcome to recruiting. Yeah. That's my favorite part of it. If if you had to, I, I guess, guess at this point who he will silently commit to, what, what would you think it is? Cause I know that for a long time, Florida Gators fans basically felt like this is a when not if, and then a month or two ago, it was, hey, Miami's making some kind of strong push yeah. here for him. And, and Alabama might be getting a visit, an official visit here. What if you had to guess what the team that would be leading right now, we'll say not even not even if he makes a decision. What team do you think would be leading at this point in the game? Florida State or Florida. Um, that'd be my guess. But that's a pretty broad guess. Um, Alabama is the wild card because he openly doesn't know as much about that program as he does the three in-state schools. And that's fair. So he might go there in a couple of weeks when they have an off week, but, uh, the way Alabama is playing, I would have less confidence in them and I've had in over 10 years. So they're not very good. So So weird to say, yeah, I know that they just look, they can't score, bro. If you've got quarterback eligibility, call Nick. So they, they are terrible at quarterback, but, uh, yeah, he's, He's trying to figure it out, but he did a pretty good job. Unlike LJ, Zay was not as open with like what he's trying to lean or whatever. He's still still in decision mode, but I think he kind of knows. He just didn't let me know which one it was. Fair enough. And I know that we've talked about this before, but this was a very long time ago. Long term, where do you project Zay Mincy as his best spot? Because I know that He's one of those guys who he can kind of play multiple spots, and we know sure. that. What do you think would be his best spot? We'll say specifically if he's a Florida Gator. We know that they, they've been looking at him at corner, but do, do you think maybe with this style he'd be better at corner in the slot as a deep safety? Right now I know Florida wants him there. He can play whatever. Now he wants to play corner, but I was just shocked at how fluid he was when he came in and out of his breaks turned on his back pedal. I was watching from 10 feet away when they did warm-ups. It was more important than the game, to be honest, because they didn't throw at him anyway. I was joking with him about it at the game. They're not going to throw his direction. I wouldn't either. He played, I would play him at free safety in high school, so he's around the ball more. But he plays corner, and they would just throw everywhere else. But he can change direction for a guy that's 6'2", 6'3". I'm not saying he's Sauce Gardner. That's what everybody went, oh, he's the next Sauce Everybody needs to calm themselves when they're talking about these 6'2 corners being that easy now easy now 
But at the same time, he does move very well. He's a physical kid. He'll hit. And he's got the ability to to go up and get it because he's got long arms. He has all the attributes you're looking for. So he's not against safety, but he just prefers corner. I think that's where most schools would want him to. Yeah, I mean, the more valuable position for most most spots would uh, would make sense there. But never forget, Brian, every 6'2", 6'3", corner is Sauce Gardner. Every 5'11", 6-foot quarterback is Drew Brees. That's just how things go now. Just just accept that that's always oh, going wow. to be the answer. And it, it used to be if you're a 6'3 corner, you're Richard Sherman. Now you're Sauce Gardner because we, we have to make things more modern. That's just how things go here. Yeah, that's why I don't listen to fans. There we go. That's that's, <laughs> that's why we nail that one there. <laughs> that's that's why we do it. Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel. Catch him on Locked On Gators every week and catch him five times a week with Locked On Seminoles. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you much. Have a good one. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free to listen podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. We got to have Hayden Hanson there as we always do every Wednesday. Can't wait for it. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.